Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Hello and welcome to the Leveling Up podcast with me, George Swift. The Leveling Up podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation, but above all else, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. And in today's episode, I am continuing this week's theme on efficiency and effectiveness. I teased you in Monday's episode that I would be talking to you about multitasking and the negative impacts that that is having on your productivity, your performance, your efficiency and effectiveness, of course, and of course, your overall success. The title of this is that multitasking is killing your productivity and it's probably killing your business as well. And even if it's not killing it, it's definitely strangling it, it's stifling it, it's holding it back and it's stopping it from growing, it's stopping it from being all it can be. So first of all, what is multitasking? Now, I've been talking about this subject for many, many years. I said on Monday, I don't really buy into the whole time management thing. I was sent on a time management course years ago. I remember literally nothing. My eyes glazed over, my ears shut up. I went off on some, I don't know, meditation somewhere, some dream space. And at the end of it, I got a certificate. I think my company spent about 1,500 quid and I never, ever used any of the principles in it. Why? Because I wasn't bought into it. I wasn't sold on the whole concept. I've just been told what to do. And of course, if you're a business owner like me, you were never very good at being told what to do. That's why you're an entrepreneur anyway. I sometimes say, you know, thank fuck for entrepreneurship because there's somewhere for all us long-term disobedient people to still be able to go out and make an impact in the world. So I'm always mindful of offering people advice, offering them information, offering them techniques, skills, education, awareness, wisdom, I'm always mindful of the fact that my audience, entrepreneurs and business owners, are typically those people that don't often listen to other people. And if I just tell you what to do, the chances are you won't do it. Therefore, I'm not going to talk about time management techniques here. I'm just going to educate you. I'm going to share with you the problem, and I'm going to invite you to find your own solution. On Monday, we talked about how you could reorganize your day, reorganize your diary, how you can take back control of your time, your energy, and also your education agenda. I never really told you exactly what to do. I gave you some pointers. I gave you some some hints and tips and some ideas. But fundamentally, you need to come up with your own solutions because if you do, you will be sold on your own solutions. This makes sense? So today I want to paint you a picture of the crisis that we are in in this modern world. On Monday, we talked about what could we learn from the 1950s fat cat CEOs. And you know what? They didn't multitask. If you go back and listen to Monday's episode, you can see the picture that I paint of how they ran their life, how they ran their business, how they ran their diary. Today, it's very, very different. We have social media, multiple social media. We have multiple media coming to us. Many of us, we have the TV on in the corner of the room, the radio one. You might have music playing. You're there with your email coming through. You might have multiple email accounts. You may have your Twitter open, your Instagram, your LinkedIn, your Facebook, YouTube. We've been bombarded with information, bombarded with 
other people trying to contact us, other people trying to get something from us or ask something of us or just wanting to share stuff with us. And what this does is this gives us an absolute crisis of our inability to be able to focus. And we are facing an absolute epidemic of people not being able to focus So one of the things I talk about in entrepreneurship is the power of learning mindfulness, the power of whether it's meditation or just being able to sit quietly or just training yourself, brain training to be able to focus on a single thing for an amount of time. If you look at your kids and you look at the next generations coming up, they're even worse than us. They're heavily distracted. And so are we. We're sitting there with our phones in our hand. We might have our laptop open, the TV on in the background. We're watching you know, a sporting program on TV, but we have our tablet in front of us or our phone in our hand. And of course, this is why increasingly you're starting to see adverts on TV where they tell you to go to a URL to find out how the story ends or to take some action because they know this. They know that whilst you're watching that advert, whilst you're watching that TV program, you've also got your phone in your hand. Now, this is amazing stuff. Don't get me wrong. I love technology. As I said on Monday, this is not about, you know, slating the modern world. This is not about me criticizing social media or anything like that. I'm not here to judge. I love social media. I love technology. It gives us entrepreneurs an absolute level playing field to be able to go out there and to market and to go out there and greet people, meet people, to, you know, sell to people in a way that we've never been able to before. So I'm certainly never going to be that person that slags off modern technology or the modern world. However, what I will highlight is how, of course, the animal that is a human being is still relatively unevolved from the last, you know, 1,000, 2,000, 10,000, 20,000 years. You know, it hasn't evolved that much. And much of the problems that we face in modern society and in the modern world is the prehistoric nature of our evolutionary processes, our brains, our emotional responses, our behaviors, all these things that go back thousands and thousands of years that have been evolving over millions of years that aren't necessarily equipped or adapted to work in the way that we're asking ourselves to work. And our brains are trying to do the best they can given the primitive nature that they are. So what we do is we give the illusion of multitasking. It feels like I'm watching a TV program and doing some email and maybe doing something on my phone or having a conversation with somebody else in the room. It feels like I'm multitasking. And to the outside world, it might even look like I'm multitasking. However, here's the big thing. It's a lie. It's an illusion. The human brain simply cannot multitask. It's impossible. And yes, that includes you as well, ladies. In fact, I think women get a particularly hard time because there's an expectation that somehow you can multitask. There's that old joke, you know, that men can't multitask. And therefore, the inference is that women can. The truth of the matter is none of us can. What women do is they have a greater ability to look like they're multitasking. What we're all doing, man, woman, dog, fish, what we're all doing, if we're trying to do two things at the same time, what we're doing is we're task switching. We're going from one thing to the next and then back to the initial thing. Now, the brain is super powerful, don't get me wrong, and therefore it looks like those two things are happening simultaneously. But it's really important to understand and to take note that they're not. So even when you're walking down the street, and they've done experiments on this, and they've shown that, in fact, the only two things that you can do to some degree at the same time is you can walk and talk. You can walk and have a conversation. However, what they've shown is you can't do either as well as you would if you were only walking or talking. So in other words, when you're walking and talking, 
you're walking like half as well as you would walk. When you're talking, you're talking half as well as you can talk. So in other words, even though the two things are happening at the same time, we're not actually task switching in that specific set of circumstances. However, we're still completely ineffective at both of those things. So in other words, when you're having a conversation with someone and walking, you're much more likely to make mistakes, to trip, to not see something like a crack in the curb, to bump into another person, to miss your junction, miss your turning. You're much more likely when you're having a conversation with someone and walking to lose track of what the other person's saying or to make mistakes potentially in your understanding or comprehension of what the other person's saying. Also, you're going to be less able to communicate yourself as effectively as well just by walking and talking and they're the two things that we can actually do simultaneously but we can't do them well simultaneously when you're doing an email and watching tv what your brain's doing is you're going from email to tv to email to tv to email to tv you can imagine you're doing neither of them very well you constantly lose track of what's happening on TV. I've done this. You've done this. You know how it works. You then come back to the TV. You're not quite sure what you're watching. So you have to rewind the TV a little bit, catch up with the TV to catch up with the bit that you missed. Then you come back to your email and you've done this as well, by the way. You come back to your email and you don't know what you were writing. So you have to reread the sentence before. And then you come back and then you carry on writing, by which time you've distracted yourself with whatever's happening on the television. So the truth of the matter is, you're doing neither of them well. In fact, you're doing both of them absolutely terribly. The problem we've got is that modern society is set up for us to work in this way. We're set up to have multiple channels of information, multiple distractions all the time. In fact, you watch the news now. It's not enough just to have a news presenter presenting the news. You've got the ticker tape at the bottom, you know, with all the latest stories going on. You might have another thing in the top right-hand corner telling you what's coming up next. Sometimes you'll see these things where they have split screens and you've got all these numbers and data on one side of the screen and they're having a conversation on another side of the screen and they might be showing you an image of something else going on silently in the background and all this information is coming in and our brains are doing the best they can to assimilate all that information but the bottom line is really simple they're not built to be able to do it so we're not doing it very well and it's a huge price we're paying for the illusion of being able to do this so the illusion is i switch from tv to email to tv to email you get to the end of the film you're not really sure what happened in the film. You've got a rough idea of the film, but you certainly weren't completely emotionally bought into that film. You certainly wouldn't be able to pass a test if I gave you a quiz on that film. You come back and you realize you've written two emails that you should have been able to write in 15 minutes, but somehow it's taken you an hour and a half to do them. You also read back and the chances are it's gobbledygook. So what they've shown right now, if you're multitasking, the chances are that you are being half as productive and making twice the number of mistakes. So just let that sink in for a minute. You're being half as productive. You're getting half the amount done that you would normally get done. That's not because you're only focusing on one thing. Therefore, that's the half. No, half of the productivity. So you're getting half of the productivity with twice of the mistakes. Now, I've done my own research into this. I've done my own tests in real-world scenarios with my members of success groups and my extreme growth masterminds. And I'm telling you now, I think it's at least that. I think potentially it could be even twice as bad as that, even more. I've done productivity tests on roomfuls of people, and I've shown that if you're multitasking versus focusing, that actually it could be as many as 10 times less productive to try and multitask, 10 times more ineffective switching from one task to another. 
That's like having two emails up and you switch from one email to the other email. You're constantly having to catch up. You can't hold both at the same time, okay? You can hold them in your mind, but you can't focus on both at the same time. Therefore, you have to bring one to the forefront, you hold the other one in the background. You then switch them up. You put the other one to the foreground and you put the one you were working on slightly into the background. That switching process does two things. Number one, it slows down your productivity. And number two, it leaves you wide open from making mistakes because you're losing the fluidity. So the challenge that I'm going to set out for you in this episode is a big one. And what it is, is to dare to streamline your working day in a way where you minimalize your need, the necessity for multitasking. So in other words, you take away all the unnecessary multitasking. I'm not here to try and say to you, look, let's revolutionize every aspect of your working day, right? This is like a nutritionist going up to someone who is eating burgers, you know, twice a day and, I don't know, drinking five pints of lager at night and doesn't do any exercise and then trying to, you know, get them to completely revolutionize every single aspect of their health and their life. It's too much to take on. What we're looking at here, just like in the, the nutritional plan or the health plan or the exercise plan, we're looking for the worst offenders, the worst culprits to our sanity, our productivity, our efficiency and our effectiveness. And we're looking to switch those out with better working practices that give us some better results. As you get hooked on this notion of stopping the multitasking and going into singular focus, you'll find that just like with exercise, the more you do, the more you want to do. The more you get the result, the more you're inspired to apply it further. So my challenge here to you is not necessarily to overhaul everything you're trying to do right now, but it's to say, right, what can you do? What are the quick wins to stop that multitasking necessity? If you're sitting there working at home like a lot of us do, or even if you don't work at home a lot, sometimes you do. If you're in the office, it's your office. You get to do what you want. Turn off all distractions away from what it is that you're actually focusing on. So if you're focusing on email, for example, only have that one email up in front of you. You know, if you have to, if you can't be disciplined enough, you might have to turn off the internet. You might have to at least unplug your laptop from the internet. You want to have your telephone, you want to have it on silent or maybe on airplane mode and you want to have it face down. You don't want any distractions. You don't want the TV on and you don't want the radio on. You want nothing to interfere with your focus. And then the challenge is really simple. Can you get to the end of that email without getting distracted? This test will show you very quickly the bad habits that you might have got yourself into. So if you've typically, for the last five years, 10 years, like myself included, have got into this habit of you know, looking at your phone every few minutes or every five minutes, or if, you, you know, if your phone hasn't pinged for a little bit, you go and check to make sure you haven't missed an email or a text, or you go into your email on your laptop like every five, 10 minutes just to make sure you haven't missed anything, or you've just got in the bad habit of having the TV on or radio on in the background, then you'll see very, very quickly that, it's almost impossible for you to hold your focus for the length of one email. That might be a five-minute exercise, and you'll see how quickly your mind is constantly getting pulled off onto other things. Even if you have you know, turned your phone face down on the desk and you've unplugged yourself from the internet or whatever, you'll still see that your brain will be pulled to check in on things, or you'll have a, a little prompt that will come into your brain halfway through the email saying, oh, I wonder about this, or I wonder about that. It will be instantly evidence to you the bad habits that you might have got yourself into so the challenge is really simple one task one focus can you hold your focus for that period of time if you're going to make a phone call to someone 
Have the laptop lid closed. Don't have your laptop on in front of you. Don't have the TV on, the radio on. Don't have your phone face up where you can see whatever's happening on your phone. Just having your phone, by the way, next to you is a distraction itself because you're already thinking about the phone, the fact it's even there. So maybe you don't even get your phone or your laptop out of your briefcase, out of your bag. Maybe you leave it. So you're there with just the telephone and the other person on the end of the phone. And the challenge is really simple. Can I get to the end of this phone call without being distracted by anything else? And again, you'll start to realize how hard this really is. This is, unfortunately, the natural price that we're paying for living in the world that we do with the information age that we're currently existing within. The truth matter is, however, if we allow ourselves to be dictated to and dominated by technology, by distraction, then what happens is we'll become less and less productive. We become more and more stressed because this task switching, it burns energy, but it's also stressful. Obviously, if we're only getting half the amount done and we're making twice as many mistakes, that comes with it an inherent amount of stress plus workload. We're going to have to work twice as many hours. So we've been ineffective and we've been inefficient with our time and our energy and it will burn us out and we'll be working hard and we'll feel exhausted and yet we just won't be getting much done. How is it that some people are able to create, run, lead and, you know, expand these huge empires in the same amount of time that maybe some of us struggle to run a 50K business? How is it possible that people have the time like Richard Branson to do what Richard Branson does? And yes, I know he's got teams of people right now and billions of pounds behind him, but it wasn't always that way. How did Richard Branson manage to get what Richard Branson has got when he had the same amount of time that we have right now? He has the same resources that we have access to right now. When you look at really successful people, you start to see how they work and they are so focused. You're never going to see Richard Branson with a TV on in the background whilst writing an email and doing work. I'm not saying he never relaxes. I'm not saying he might never have his phone open, you know, just doing some scrolling whilst the TV's on. I'm not saying he never does that. I'm just saying he is focused. He knows what his agenda is and he's disciplined with that focus and disciplined with that agenda so that he gets what he needs to get done, done. In fact, I saw, I think it was him himself actually that said this, that he can now run his empire on seven minutes a day. So obviously he works more hours than that sometimes, but when he's away on holiday or he's away with the family, he says that he can check in. I think he's got like 200 plus businesses now, like $7 billion or 7 billion pounds his empire is worth, and he can run that from seven minutes per day because he's been super efficient and super effective. Yes, he's got systems, he's got processes, he's got manpower, and these are things that we need to be thinking about down the line. But I'm telling you now, the predominant force behind super productive people is their ability to focus on the tasks that get the results that we're going for. In Friday's episode, when we conclude the theme of this week, I'm going to be talking to you about some of the tasks that we're doing that aren't giving us the result and how we're not focusing on the things that are giving us the result. That's what we're going to do on Friday with some homework for you to take into the weekend, you lucky devils. But right now, I want you to think about focus. I want you to think about how do I remove distractions? So I need to remove other people away from me. So actually, you know what? The fat cat that we're talking about on Monday, the way that offices were set up decades ago was actually set up for productivity. They might not have been totally 100% set up for well-being and from you know a cultural perspective and sociability and everything else, but they were set up for productivity. 
The most productive place you can be is in a box on your own where you're not being distracted by anything. No radio, no music, certainly no other people. However, we all, you know, suddenly decided that open plan offices were better. Now, in some ways, they may well be better. I'm telling you now, in many ways, they are much, much worse. For productivity, they are much worse. So when you're in an open plan office, your brain can't help but tune in to all of the conversations that are going on around you, even if they're not coming at you. So you have to train your brain to tune all that white noise out. Then, of course, you've got the fact that you're there in the cubicle or you're there in the middle of an open plan office. Anyone can just walk up to you and just say hi. They can lean over and pat you on the shoulder. They can put a note in front of you. They don't want to disturb you, of course, but they just put a little note in front of you that you can read whenever you want. When do you read it? Of course, there and then because you're distracted already. So you get this constant distraction. And then you've got everything, all the noises, all the equipment. You've got all of your own technology in your little cubicle on your desk distracting you as well. So I'm telling you now, I'm not saying you shouldn't go out and be social. Sometimes I love to go and work in a coffee shop. I'll go and work in a hotel lobby. I'll go and work outside in the park. You know, I go and take my writing retreats. I go abroad and I'll sit on the beach out there or I'll go and sit in a bar area or something like that by the pool. Of course, there's loads of distractions there, but I'm well aware of the trade-off that I'm making. I want to be around people. I want to have a little bit of that vibrancy around me. I want that human connection And I'm well aware that I'm paying a price on my productivity for that. I get it. But for most of us, we're not making that trade-off consciously. It's happening consistently unconsciously. So the first question is, where can you work where you will not be disturbed by other people? Number one, the biggest disturbance being where people will come up and actually talk to you. The secondary one is people being around you, having their own conversations or just making noise. Where can you go to work to be super focused? If you work from home and there's always people around or there's dogs barking or there's deliveries coming, you know, is there somewhere else you can go where you can just get your head down and focus? Maybe it's time to get yourself that garden office that you always talked about or converting the shed or converting the garage. Maybe you need to have an office at home and everyone, including the kids, know that they are not allowed in that office when the door is shut. If you work in an office building or a shared office space, don't be afraid to shut the door and lock the door. Many, many clients I've talked about having a closed door policy. You know, we learned this whole idea of supposedly having these open door policies where everyone was accessible to everyone. And I say to these business owners, but also to their business heads, their leaders, and I say to them, look, don't be afraid of a closed door policy. That doesn't mean they're closed all day long. What it means is, is that they're closed for set periods of the day to get their head down and nobody comes through that door. Nobody knocks on the door. Nobody looks through the window. Nobody distracts anybody when the door is shut. When the door is open, then you're welcome. When the door is shut, just wait. So if you want to get your head down and do your NGE accounts, for example, and you're a financial director, the last thing you want is people constantly coming in and the phone ringing and everything else. Guess what you do? You shut the door, lock everybody out. You do two or three hours straight. You turn your phone off, turn your emails off. You do the job that you need to do. I'm telling you now, you'll get twice as much done in half the amount of time and you'll make half of the errors. I've done the test myself and I'm telling you now, I've seen it as many as 10 times more productive or even as much as 20 times more productive. I've seen people do tasks in a fraction of the time, taking minutes to do something that might have taken maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes to do. I've seen people who, where quality of what they're working on is is two times, four times, or even more the quality of what they were working on when they were being distracted or when they were multitasking. 
You cannot multitask. Let's go right back to the beginning. Don't kid yourself. Don't have those expectations of yourself. You cannot multitask. The moment you're multitasking, you are making huge compromises on your efficiency, your effectiveness, your productivity, and the quality of your work. The moment you realize that by focusing on one thing at one time gets at least twice as much done, potentially in half the amount of time, with half the amount of errors, you should be hooked on this concept of starting to hone your focus. You've got the external world, the physical world, remove all the distractions. I've talked about the TV, the radio, you you know, turn the phone off, turn the internet off if you have to, close the lid of your laptop, remove those, all those people, distractions, remove those external influences, those external disruptors that will come in and disturb what it is you're trying to do. The second part of this is you have to learn to focus. You have to train yourself. For most of us, we have to retrain ourselves on how to focus on one thing at one time. I really encourage you to take up something like mindfulness or meditation, yoga, even just swimming and just losing yourself in the swim if you're a runner. You know, just train yourself as you're running just to focus on your breath or focus on the running or focus on the horizon. But focus on one thing at a time. You can train yourself back into good, positive habits of focus. You want extreme focus. The last thing I want to share with you right now is this. It's been proven, however, you cannot hold extreme focus indefinitely. For most people, it's around about 45-minute bursts. For some people, they've shown maybe up to about an hour and a quarter. And for some people, it's as little as 30 minutes. For most people, about 45 minutes or so is about the average that we can hold extreme focus on. Once we get out of that 45-minute cycle, or if you want to test yourself, find out what your own cycle is, maybe it's half an hour, maybe it's an hour, maybe you're one of the people that can do an hour and a quarter, you'll start to see your productivity start to very quickly wane at the end of that. So in other words, you'll be super productive for 45 minutes, maybe up to about an hour, and then your productivity will start to fall off dramatically. What most of us do, we don't want to take that break. We try and push through this. And what happens is we then continue to work for another two or three hours on something, but we're we're doing it in a way that's completely ineffective. What's much better is just take a five-minute break, a 10-minute break. So if you know, for example, that you work on a 45-minute cycle, then start looking at your diary in 45-minute blocks on the hour. So you might say, right, I start a task on the hour, 10 o'clock, and then I work for 45 minutes straight, and then at 45 minutes, I take a 5-10 minute breather, then I come back to my desk, I'm going to get a coffee, go and have a walk, close my eyes for 5 minutes, it doesn't have to be a major break here, 5 minutes, 10 minutes, come back to your desk, reset, open up the next task on the hour, you start that task. You'll start to realize that you take maybe 5-10 minutes, 15 minutes even to get into that task, then you're super productive for a period of time, and then you start to become unproductive again. So take another break. It's really useful to know what your cycle is. I know I can do about an hour solid, and then I can feel myself mentally starting to get fatigued. It then starts to feel like I'm physically fatigued. If I try and do three, four, five hours straight, what happens is my brain is turned to mush, I physically feel exhausted, and yet if I go out to the gym or get on the running machine or go for a walk, I seemingly have all this physical energy left. What I've done is I've mentally burnt myself out to a point where I physically feel exhausted. So you, I'm sure, go through these cycles yourself. So many business owners I talk to 
are mentally fatigued, maybe even physically fatigued. Some of them are heading for burnout. And I'm telling you now, I say this to them over and over again, the chances are it's not the amount of work you're doing, but it's the way you're doing the work that's burning you out. You're taking twice as long to do a task. So you're working twice as many hours as you have to to get the same result. You're making twice as many mistakes, which means you're having to spend all that extra time and energy coming back and fixing those mistakes. Plus, all of this is emotionally exhausting. It's stressful. So remove those external distractions. The next thing you want to do is break your diary down into segments that suit your natural rhythm. If you want to test this out, then go for it. Otherwise, just accept the average, which is about 45 minutes, and maybe work on that 45-minute block on the hour, every hour. Take five, 10 minutes break, take a couple of minutes to get back into the next activity and then reset on the hour. That's not a bad place to start. And then the next thing you need to do is you need to master the internal discipline of focus. So you need to train yourself to do one thing at a time. When you start to meditate for the first time, you drive yourself crazy because you realize you can't even you know, hold a thought for more than three or four seconds before your mind wanders onto something else. However, you can master meditation, you can master yoga, you can master mindfulness, and yes, you can master focus. Just train yourself one email at a time, one phone call at a time, one Google search at a time, one line of the spreadsheet at a time. Just start with one thing at a time, one text at a time, one tweet at a time, just one thing at a time, and then start to develop the ability to be able to work for longer periods of time with a singular focus. I'm going to give you one last thing. I don't want to overwhelm you here right now, but one last thing I want you to think about, and that is what I call batch processing. In other words, you know, don't spend one hour focusing and do one email, one text message, um, one telephone call, and one something else, okay? Put all your emails in one block. Put all of your telephone calls in a single block. So when you're working for a 45-minute block or an hour block, you know, do all your telephone calls back to back because actually the task switching, we're talking about the multitasking task switching, is twice as bad when we're switching between different tasks. So switching between like tasks, you know, going from writing to writing something else, we're still using the same elements, the same aspects of our brain. However, going from a, I don't know, doing a mathematical equation to then writing an email that switching is actually twice as damaging. So rather than saying, right, I'll do a little bit of my accounts and I'll do a little bit of email and I'll do one or two phone calls, say, right, in this 45-minute block, in this hour block, in this morning, maybe even this day, I'm going to do all my calls, I'm going to do all my emails, I'm going to do all my you know, blog post writing, whatever it might be, okay? Start to batch process and you'll start to realize that actually you're nowhere near as exhausted as you were whilst also being massively more productive, more efficient, more effective, making less mistakes. Your stress levels will be a fraction of what they were before and you'll be thanking me for the rest of your life because that is going to get you what it is that you want to get out of life, which is you want this lifestyle in conjunction with the success that you're trying to create. Yes, you're going to have to work hard. I said this on Monday. Yes, you're going to have to put the long hours in. But for most people, myself included sometimes, we're spending far too long doing the wrong things. We're working far too hard on the wrong things, which means that whilst we're working hard and we're working long hours, we're not getting the result that we would want for that effort or we're not even getting the result that I believe we deserve for all of that effort. Join me on Friday 
when we'll do our Friday five minute fix. It'll be a real quick one here and we'll start bringing this topic home. I'll give you one or two last pointers of what you can do to get super productive, to accelerate your business growth, to get yourself focused on the tasks that are going to get you the result that you want, which I'm assuming if you listen to this podcast is extreme business growth. I will see you on Friday. Between now and then, if you find yourself at a loose end, don't forget you've got the six-figure fast track waiting for you. This is my masterclass webinar. It's waiting for you completely free of charge. It's for five-figure business owners. So if you're doing 20, 30, 40, maybe 50,000 in revenue and you haven't yet hit 100K turnover, then get yourself onto that six-figure fast track. Completely free of charge, as I say. It's waiting for you right now. I take you through the six-figure mindset, the six-figure business model, and the six-figure methodologies that you need to have in place in order to take your business to a hundred grand in turnover or more in the next 12 months or less. You can get yourself on the fast track by going to biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk forward slash fast track. I'll stick the link in the descriptions below. Enjoy that, devour that, let me know what you think. I'll see you on Friday and until then, as always, be successful. Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up.